Hi, this is Janine. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. On today's show, I'm chatting with director Laura Stolman about her must-see documentary, Swim Team. Audience and critics are raving about one of the must-see documentaries of the summer. Swim Team tells the story of how parents of a young boy who's on the autism spectrum takes matters into their own hands and create a swimming team in their New Jersey community. The swim team, made up of teens on the spectrum, begin to train with high expectations and zero pity. Watch as these teens not only aim to win gold, but for inclusion, their independence, and a life that feels winning. Swim Team opens in theaters in Los Angeles on July 21st. To find out more about this film, I've put up lots of links from interviews on ABC News, CBS News, NPR, Sports Illustrated Kids, and a few others. You can visit the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. Swim Team chronicles the overwhelming struggles and extraordinary triumphs of three young athletes with autism and shows how a swim team can bring hope to a community. Directed by Laura Stillman. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Laura Stillman. Thanks for calling in. Thanks for having me. Your film was outstanding. I was so moved. I sat there with Kleenex. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much. So, Laura, before we get into uh, the film, how did you decide to get involved in this? Why was this so close to you? Well, I'm a filmmaker, uh, but I'm also a mom, and I have three kids. One of my kids is on the autism spectrum, and we were looking for swimming lessons, uh, for, uh, for him. And swimming is really important, actually, for our children because drowning is the leading cause of death for children with autism. Wow. Uh, and that's how I found the story. I found it really interesting and scary that New Jersey has one of the highest rates of autism. Yes. A lot of people ask about that. And that's, that's actually um, based on a, a CDC study uh, that is from last year, 2016. Um, and because so many people have asked me, you know, I've dug into that, and um, there's there's a little more information, which is that not every state participated um, mm-hmm. in the study. Okay. Uh, and we also know that New Jersey gathers more data uh, than other states. I see. That they look to educational records as well as medical records and not... not um, other states don't do that, so they had a, a larger pool to draw upon. How did you meet the coach and, you know, get access to these families? Because I could imagine that was challenging. Yeah. Um, so when I met Coach Mike and Maria, it was actually because I was looking for swimming lessons for my own child. Um, but really within minutes of meeting them, mm-hmm. I was just so um impressed with their positivity and Coach Mike's high expectations. He, he told me about his plans to start their own team, and uh, they were recruiting other families with, with kids with autism, and he said, this team is going to dominate the competition. Well, Nobody talks that way. Right. You know, no one talks that way about kids with autism and, and developmental disabilities, and he really, you know, they both kind of swept me up and in, in their mm-hmm. in, in their positivity. I was really inspired, not just as a mom, but you know, I, I was inspired as a filmmaker and I thought, you know what, I need to see how this plays out and this their story needs to be to be heard. 
I thought it was so fascinating how you have, let's say, the character, not a character, the boy, Kelvin, who has Tourette's and autism. Am I correct? Right. Okay. And then, you know, he's having a hard time focusing. But when it comes to swimming, these boys, the coach tells them to do something and they do it. <laughs> right, right. Although you see with Kelvin, it's not always so easy. I know. There's, there's some negotiation involved sometimes. Yes. Uh, but what's so wonderful about this coach is that he has incredible patience, mm-hmm. flexibility, and, you know, each kid needs something different, you know, in terms right. of encouragement and, um, you know, behavioral support, and he gives it to them. Uh, and he's, you know, he's just an incredible guy, an incredible father, an incredible coach. What was it like when you decided to shoot this film? You know, was there a lot of buy-in or was it tough? Um, you know, it's always difficult, I think, to get people, get families, anybody, to convince, right. <laughs> convince them that um, they should open up their home yeah. to you and your, and your camera crew. Uh, so at first, um, you know, I did need to, because of the team, and I, I wanted to film the season, I, you know, I initially, you know, I figured, this is, I have a natural narrative arc here. I have this, the swim season, and they're coming together as a team for the first time, and I, I can be there on day one. Um, so I needed, I needed all the families on the team to allow me to film. Uh, and then beyond that, I needed, I needed did I knew I needed a core group of families that would allow me not only to film their kids um, during the season, but allow me to come to their homes. And that was, that was a process. Yeah. And I had to, you know, I visited the families um, in their homes. If they let me, I called them. If they didn't answer my calls, I showed up at the YMCA, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it definitely, it definitely was a process. I think that because I'm also a parent, um, like them, of a child with autism, that it was probably easier for me than it would have been for yes. somebody who didn't have that in common with them. Yes. Uh, I, spoke, I spoke their language, sure. and I think it was probably easier for them to trust me uh, but that said, there were, there were certainly families that said, you know what, it's okay if you shoot um, my, my child on the team in the context of the practices and the meets, but we don't want you to come to our house. Yeah. Um, we don't want to sit, sit down for an interview. And that's okay. Sure. Right. It was incredibly moving. The, the cinematography, everything was so well put together. It was gripping. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it really, I, it was, I'm a parent too. And I thought, wow, these are struggles that I, I don't, um, it's not part of my life. But you see the, the struggles. And for a parent, let's say Kelvin's uh, mom and dad letting you in and seeing how the doors busted up or the wall and what they go through, it was a very personal, private thing that you were able to gain access to. And it was beautifully done. Thank you. Yeah, this is it's sensitive stuff, you know, yeah. particularly with a character like Calvin, because he is, um, you know, he needs a lot of support. You know, he does things that are dangerous to himself and, you know, to other people yeah. as well. Um, and, and yet, he is a funny, engaging mm-hmm. individual um, and a lovable individual. And, you know, I, I definitely wanted you know, that to, to come across. And his parents are just, oh. they're, they're so, they're so loving. Yes. They, they, they really, they work really hard um, at, at, at supporting him. 
Yes. Um, and I knew, you know, it was important to show the whole story and, you know, for people to understand him and them, you know, as in, in all of the complexity yeah. of their lives. Sure. No, it was it was really so moving. I mean, even it made me realize how you see an autistic child and you don't realize they have capabilities. I mean, swimming or even Michael with his interest in animation. I mean, it makes you realize, you know, these kids, as they get older, they need outlets. They need to do other things to feel productive and have greater self-esteems. Absolutely. And that was a you know, big reason why I felt it was important to make this film is that people who are not connected to autism or developmental disabilities, um, they may not realize that, you know, our, our children, our neighbors, our friends with autism, they have uh, skills mm-hmm. and abilities and they may not be um, idiot savants. Uh, right. They may, they, they may not be um, geniuses. However, they have things to contribute to our communities. And, you know, we, we still haven't um, come far enough, unfortunately. You know, most people I have found in making this film, most people's reference for autism is Rain Man. And that was yeah. an individual who lived in an institution. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that long ago that we shipped off, you know, our children with autism to institutions. Right. Um, and, and we still have far to go in fully including them. And the kids on, on the swim team, you know, unfortunately, for the most part, they've been excluded from um, general education, right. from community, community recreation. You know, a large number of the kids on this team had not been on a sports team before. Sure. And there were a couple of kids who were teenagers and they didn't know how to swim. And I think that has to change. Well, the thing that really moved me, and I don't want to give away the film, but the trans, the the changes, like let's say Michael at the end when he's, it seems like he was giving some advice and coaching and empowerment to the younger uh, members of the swim team. And I thought, wow, look at the growth in him. Yeah, that was really something to see. You know, that, that was one of those serendipitous, you know, uh, um, you know, developments that happened during the course of, of the filming. You know, I, I've had... You know, people ask me, you know, how did you, you know, how did, how, how did this story evolve? Did you know, you know, what was going to happen with these characters? No, of course not. I had no idea. You know, we were we were actually following um, five, I think, of, of, the, of the kids mm-hmm. uh, for, for quite some time before we, you know, before I kind of figured out whose stories, you know, should be, folk, should be featured and, and, and whose stories fit together you know, what the film was, and, you know, that was a really important scene, and, you know, that's part of the character development of Robbie um, as he emerges as, you know, as a leader um, on this team, Uh, and it it goes further, like, after the end of the season, you know, his leadership, and that was something also that we didn't know was going to happen, and we had actually stopped filming, and then we heard about what happened, that he, you know, I think I'll just say it, he became the captain of his high school swim team. And amazing. And and I, you know, I remember we were in the edit room, and I said to my editor, "I got to shoot this. Yeah, so I, <laughs> this has to be part of the film. Yes. Um, and that's what happens in documentary is that you don't know what's going to happen, obviously, and you have to, you know, be flexible. And the the, the story evolves. You have to let it evolve organically. That's. 
I would imagine that's one of the exciting things about what you do is letting it evolve and, and being there for these surprise moments because you can't just write the script and follow something. You don't really know what surprises are going to come up. Yeah, no, I, I remember you're just making me think. I, I worked on a show in which we interviewed Barbara Koppel, and this was years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember she was talking about how she raised money for her film. She was talking about the process of writing treatments. You know, everybody wants to know before you make the film what's the film about. And with a documentary, it's so hard to do that because you really don't know. And and, and I remember she said, well, so you you make it up. You say, this is what I think will happen. And, (laughs) you know, I remember as a young person hearing that. You know, I, I didn't really understand what she meant. How do you make it up? How do you, how do yeah. you, I was thinking, I, I was thinking in terms of, you know, you're faking it. But then once I started to become, um, you know, a, a producer, a filmmaker of my own, I started to get in, in, into the middle of these, you know, verite um, shoots um, and films. I, I understood what that meant, that you, you think that it might turn out a certain way. Right. Um, and you have to. You know, you have to think, you have to have an idea. You can't be completely clueless. Yes. Um, <laughs> right. But, uh, but you do, you have to be nimble. And, you know, as, as, as a filmmaker, and, and you have to follow leads and, you know, be, be ready to change, you know, those leads mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe even change the characters that you're following um, right. because of what's happening. I know we have to wrap soon, but could you just tell listeners a little uh, bit about your background? Sure. I, um, I actually, uh, I started off working in Los Angeles in um, feature um, development, and uh, I ended up um, back in New York uh, because I missed my <laughs> East Coast roots. Oh, yeah. And um, I uh, and I was working, I worked for HBO in the documentary department, and I, I got um, mm. that kind of, I fell in love in, with documentaries. That's and great. I... You know, I started as an assistant, and I worked my way up, and I I became um, an associate producer, and, you know, producer and a director, and I I worked for a number of years, actually, for NBC News, and I made um, long-form documentaries for for NBC, and... and, uh, Fantastic. This is my first independent um, feature. Wow. I'm sure there's going to be many more. I have a feeling. I have a feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Where can people? You. You're welcome. Where can people find out more about you and the film? Swimteamthefilm.com. Okay, and congrats because I know it opened July 21st, just yesterday. We're at the Lemley, yes, and we're also, by the way, in Chicago, um, starting tomorrow, and we're still in New York through Tuesday and other cities. They're all on um, my website, swimteamthefilm.com, and then it's going to be actually on PBS's POV in October. Yay! I'm really excited about Fantastic. that. Fantastic. Well, congrats, and I've really enjoyed chatting with you, and this is a wonderful film. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, that's a wrap for this week's show. If you want to follow me on Twitter, just visit moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. I'm also on Facebook at Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. The show blog is getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. And if you'd like to find out about being a guest, just send me an email to Janine, J-A-N-E-A-N-E, at KUCI.org. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.